Isn't God good? Listen, if we, we're going to get excited later today, and I'm, I almost showed a video of how I acted five years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but I have some pride left in me. It was pretty bad. It was like I was throwing a tantrum and getting excited at the same time. Um, but, man, I, some, sometimes, I mean, I grew up in a time, in, in, a, in, a, in a church and in a setting where people would get excited, and that's great. And every now and then, somebody would go, oh, now, now, we believe it's not all about emotions. And it's not. But if you're not getting emotional about the greatness of God, then I don't know what God you're serving. If you're not joyful and filled with excitement for who God is this morning, then you don't know who God is. It's that simple. Don't take that offensively if that's where you're at and say, well, that's what I need to hear because I don't have excitement. I don't have joy. So somebody just told me that I don't know who God really is. I'll get to know him. Don't be struck down by that. Don't be judged by that. God is good. And if you don't know that about him, then you don't know God. This morning, I want to talk about gratitude. Gratitude. It's been on my heart. And uh, we've all been in situations where we were filled with gratitude because somebody stepped in and did something for us when we needed it most. You ever been there? A couple of weeks ago, um, I don't know if you remember, you do probably remember this. Some of you, your eyes still haven't adjusted, and I take full responsibility. I'm very sorry. But we had this pattern going on here, just, just these nice little lines. And they, they were even, but... At the same time, it was like, have you ever ironed a shirt with a weird pattern and you walk away and you're like, there's spots and everything. You ever done that? Am I the only one? Okay. Um, But that's kind of what it was getting like. And the problem was something happened in the formatting and the software of this screen that I couldn't fix. And every time I thought I had it, I would go, oh, this is going to be it. And I would would hit save and I would go, oh, oh. Like, oh, man. Like, I mean, hours upon hours over a dumb screen. Lines. I hated those lines. You're not supposed to have hate in your heart, but I hated those lines. It was awful. And, and so I just like, I don't know. It's just going to be like that. I don't know. Like it's lines. We got lines. Um, and I turned it down so it wasn't so bright. And people would come to me and say, hey, when are we going to fix that wall? I was like, eventually it'll get fixed. But I, I really honestly, I wish I could tell you I have the answers. I don't. I know that's my job. I know you pay me to be the one to have that answer, but I don't have that answer. And so finally, I... I won't tell you how I got this guy's name, but this guy out in California named Eddie Salazar, that man is my hero. I said, call this guy. Anybody named Eddie, you know he's going to help you, okay? It just, yeah, his name's Eddie. Call him up. He'll help you. And I called him, and he said, yeah, how you doing? I said, um, uh, Eddie, uh, this is what my, the wall is doing, the LED wall, and I can't get it to get out of that. He's like, well, what'd you do? I said, I Eddie, we're going to be here all day if we have this conversation. I have no idea. And, uh, and I said, I was trying to fix a color problem, and then I just, I made a whole big problem. And he goes, all right, I'm going to send you a file. Call me when you get it. So I got the file, and I called him. He goes, okay, drag it in. I dragged it in. He said, okay, hit save. I hit save. And suddenly the wall was back to where it went. And I, if I could have kissed Eddie through the phone, I would have kissed Eddie. And I said, Eddie! do you like Starbucks? He goes, yeah, I can take Starbucks. I said, do you have Venmo or Cash App? He goes, I said, forget it. I'm sending, I'm going to email you a gift card. I emailed him a $50 Starbucks card and then saved his phone number in my phone. (laughs) But I walked around all day thankful to Eddie Salazar. I had gratitude. Why? Because Eddie showed me something I didn't know. 
Eddie did something for me I couldn't do for myself. Well, folks, we serve Jesus Christ who is so intolerant of sin that he gave his life for it so that it would not strike you down or defeat you and he died on the cross. He did something for you that you could never do for yourself. Listen, I don't have enough good things going on in my life for me to get up here with this much joy this morning. And if you think it's just put on because I get to preach today, the energy's a little higher maybe because of the adrenaline. But I was driving in here this morning praising Jesus in my car, okay? I was thanking him for all kinds of things because of how good he is. I love him because of what he did for me and of who he is. If he never did another thing for me, the greatness of God, the majestic nature of who God is, is so awesome. And so I'm just gonna get right into it, all right? If you need your notes, you can go to keystonemv.church and click under a link in there under resources and online notes, and you can pull them up. Um, But I'm just gonna get right with it because I believe that God wants to deliver us this morning from a lack of, of gratitude, from a lack of joy, from a lack of peace, from a lack of excitement for his will in our life. I don't care what you walked in here this morning with and what you did. There's consequences to that, but God can jump in and and intervene in the midst of those consequences, and he can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And so the first thing in your notes this morning, this is so important, where does gratitude begin? Gratitude begins with praise. How many of you, when we begin to praise God right there, and we begin to just focus our attention on him, you suddenly begin to feel lighter. You suddenly begin to feel more joy and more peace in your life. Come on, go ahead. If, if, you, didn't raise, if you didn't feel that way, that's fine. But I just know that when I begin to give praise to God and I show gratitude to him, it is amazing what that does. And we're gonna work our way through Psalm 103 this morning, the 103rd Psalm. And we're going to begin with verses 1 and 2. This is from the Good News Translation, so I'm sorry if you don't have that particular Bible with you this morning. Uh, You can follow up on the screens, okay? I just like the way that the Good News Translation put this. And it begins with, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my being, praise his holy name. You notice the focus? The focus right there, before anything, praise the Lord my soul, praise his holy name. Verse two, praise the Lord my soul and do not forget how kind he is. Now some of us were not raised to know that God is kind. Some of us were raised to to believe that God is angry because he's just, he is just, but he is just with grace. He is just with mercy. He is just with joy. And his justice is all about restoring you. It's not about condemning you. And so he, it says, do not forget how kind he is. Another version says, forget not his benefits. How many of you love to have benefits? Isn't that cool? I showed up at Dunkin' Donuts yesterday to get a cup of coffee uh, with my daughter. I was picking her up from somewhere and I said, you want to get something? And I went in and I ordered what she wanted, which took me 10 minutes. And then I double pump of this and an extra that. And I won't tell you which daughter it is or I'm going to get killed. Uh, But, and I said, I want a medium black coffee. That's all I want. Extra pump of coffee and caffeine and just a medium black coffee. And, and, And the lady said, okay. And I pulled up and she goes, okay. So with the free coffee, I went, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I'm sorry, a what now? She goes, free medium coffee. I said, I get, why do I get it free? She goes, oh, today and tomorrow because of the Super Bowl. So I just did you a freebie. Go to Dunkin' today, get a free medium, co- free medium coffee. I called it a freedom coffee. Um, but get your free medium coffee. I was like, that was a nice benefit, right? That was pretty nice. That's kind of Dunkin' to do that. You know, I think that sometimes, folks, if you just listen real closely for a second, I'll try to tone my energy down just a tad. I think that when we come before God, that we often think that the place to begin is with us. And how many of you know that beginning with ourselves actually isn't always a very appealing thing? Yeah, there's anxiety in that. Boy, I begin with myself. I gotta, wow, where do I begin? Not in a good way. Well, where do we begin, Lord? Uh, It's really bad, really, really bad. You know, and you know what happens is we don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. And so we have no motivation to really seek him. No motivation. And so what do we find ourselves doing? We, we find ourselves kind of going, ah, okay, well, thank you, Lord. I, you know, thank you for, for who you are. And, and, and the Lord, if you could, please help me, please. I'm, I'm trying not to be demeaning or insulting here. This is real. This is serious. I've been there. I do it myself sometimes. Well, Lord, you know what we need in this situation. You, you know what's needed, and I know you can do it. But to be honest with you, there's times when I do that, that I got nothing. And when I mean I got nothing, I mean I really don't have much faith in that moment. And I know it only takes a little bit of faith, but if I'm really being honest, what I'm really saying is I don't have any faith in that moment, I think, sometimes. I'm just being transparent with you. There's times I go before God, and I'm like, do I, I believe he can do it, but, but, but do I believe he wants to? Do I believe he will? Do I, am I filled with the goodness of the nature of God that's already there dwelling inside of me to know how great he is? Oftentimes I'm not, and I'm convinced it's because we begin with ourselves. We don't need to begin from a place of what God has done for us. That's, that's all good. He's done so much for us. But even if he doesn't do anything, if we just begin, what if we only begin with the majesty of God, the greatness of God, the awesomeness of God, when, you know, I listened to an interview recently of William Shatner, and he went up and orbited for like a couple of minutes. You remember that? And uh, he's 90 years old. Man, if I, could, if I could be like William Shatner when I'm 90 years old, man, man, Lord, let it be so. He, he, he's got a sharp mind, and he went up, and he came back down, and he said, I, I, just, I, I just, he was speechless. Because he says, I look at how fragile the earth is. And I realized that I don't have a clue at the vastness of of what we're living in, right? You think about that. The one who created it, the, the galaxies that we don't even know about yet. I'm not even smart enough to start talking about that. But the greatness of God's creation that extends into realms that we don't even know exist. It's amazing how we try to explain and describe solar systems and galaxies with science that man came up with. And thank God for that. I'm not against science, but our science only goes so far. We don't know anything in the grand scheme of what God has done. Nothing. And when we, and and the fact that you can get before him in an intimate posture, the one who did all that and talked to him and began to, to seek him, to begin with me, to start with my issues, my struggles, my frustrations, Wow, if, I think what William Shatner was saying is when he got up and he looked down like that, he was like, oh my word, how insignificant some of the things 
are that I thought were so significant. And it's not to demean what you walk through. God cares about that. But if you can look it through a lens that shows you how big God is, how big God is, your perspective will change. First Chronicles 29, 10 through 11 says, therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. They were there and they were giving for a temple. And as they're all giving their gold and their jewels and all these things that are worth so much, so that they could have the temple. David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Verse 11 says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Now, how many of you know, if you go in and you read about these people, that they didn't experience easy street. There were struggles. There were tough times. There were things that they were walking through. In fact, the, the promises of God in these times often were followed up with a lot of very hard things to the point that Jeremiah complained to God and said, hey, it seems like the ones that are worshiping all their earthly idols are getting along just fine and we're struggling here. And God speaks back and says, well, I'm preparing you for something different, for, for the kind of battle that you're not ready for. Do you want to be able to just run with the footmen or do you want to be able to run with the horses someday? If you want to survive in, in a battle to get to the horsemen and not just die with the footmen, then I, you got to go through my, my preparation. So I was in the midst of that. If you're right, Lord. You're right. Well, I question your ways. You are good. You are mighty. You are awesome. Your ways are best. Even in the midst of my struggle, your greatness is coming through and showing me what you're preparing me for. And so, yeah, they, they didn't have everything easy. But David says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. We can find it tedious to get before God. I know that. And I think that it could be because we begin with the wrong focus. Is it possible that we see our requests as a test for God's greatness instead of realizing that we approach a great and almighty God already? And because we've chosen to believe in him, do we really want to test him? Because what if he doesn't do what I'm asking him to do? And you see, our faith is not predicated upon him doing what we want him to do. Our faith, our faith is predicated upon who he already is, how awesome he is. I think that a lot of times we begin to see our lives through other people's lives and who they are and, and, and begin to get messed up in our focus. I sometimes hear songs that, and we sing them in here sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with it, so... Grant, wherever you are, even though you are wearing the wrong color today, I'm not criticizing uh, our music. But I think we have to be careful what, we, what heart we sing it with. We say things a lot of times like, he's never let me down. Oh, he's let me down. Thank God he did. Do you know what I'm saying? He's let me down when I decided that my standard was the standard that he needed to work by. That's when he's let me down. And thank God he did. If that was the standard, then he, Jesus never would have needed to come. We wouldn't need a savior. We just need us. Jesus is not our servant who comes to do whatever we want. He's our savior. He's our savior who came to do what we need, what's best. Jesus took the posture of a servant, but he didn't do what everybody wanted. 
he did for them what they needed. And I think we need to be careful that we don't begin to fit God into this, into this box that is related to our standard, our waiting system, what we desire. You better believe that God's going to let you down if you're asking him to uphold everything that you want. We need God to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Hebrews 1, 2 through 4 says, but in the last days he has spoken. This is about Jesus. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now listen to this, verse three, okay? He, Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. You see, we, listen, gratitude begins with praise. You say, well, I don't know what to be thankful for. It seems like there's so much that is wrong in my life. If you know Jesus, then you have infinite amount of things to give praise for. The earth orbits and does whatever it does because he keeps it in the exact place it belongs. If it was just a little off, we wouldn't be here. It's amazing to me. We have infinite amount of reasons to praise him. And it begins there. If you want to begin your day saying, Lord, I need you to give me peace about all my problems, then guess what you need to do? You need to put your focus on him who's bigger than all your problems. Number two, gratitude flows from a changed heart. Gratitude flows from a changed heart. Now listen, your heart can change without things changing. Now, by that, what I mean is, is your job still may stink, okay? Your hair still might be falling out. Can I get an amen from all the brothers in the congregation? (laughs) Still falling out, it just is. But my wife cut my hair last night, took her five minutes, but, um, (laughs) because we got distracted, but, things aren't going to, just because things don't change, and I'm making a joke about that, but hey, right, that's a representation of life is just broken. Life is imperfect. We are going to get sick. We are not long for this world. We are going to have troubles. I know two really good people that I just went and met with this week. She's been working in a company for years faithfully and and was laid off after 23 years. Such an amazing couple. She's such a kind and loving person. But you know what? She got laid off. She lost her job. And you know what I found when I got to their house? A kind and loving person. Come in, sit down. So much joy on her face. Why? Because of Jesus. See, a changed heart. Gratitude flows from a changed heart. See, through praise, gratitude takes root. That's where it begins. That's what we just said. Through praise, gratitude takes root. So if you want to have gratitude in your heart, you got to give praise. Okay? You got to give praise. Just praise him. Just praise him. Think about everything. I was, when I was driving in this morning, I was thanking God for when I was a kid and I used to go camping with people from my church that I lived in a different city in, in Pennsylvania. I just had good memories about that. Thank you, Lord, that you put me in that context where I could experience that. Now, I realize not all of us had that kind of experience when we were kids, okay? But God kept you. 
But God was there. God was there when you didn't know he was there. You can give him thanks and praise. The other day, I was in here again. Everything's tech-related anymore with my problems. And I was on the other side of that booth, right on the other side of the drum cage right there, working on our one computer that provides background track for our worship time. And, um, and I did something really bad. I dropped a computer. It's fine. It's working totally fine. But when I did it, no, I didn't curse. I don't curse. But, but when I did it, I went, ah, Rusty, you idiot. Now, here's the thing that you may not know about me. When I was younger, I would say that to myself all the time. You idiot, what are you doing? You're such an idiot. And that was bad. Because in the moment, you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're an idiot. You're, you know, got to punish somebody. Might as well punish yourself. And God dealt with me on that and said, stop saying that to yourself. And when I said it right there, at first I went, ah, oh, why would you say that? And then God jumped in and said, but isn't it cool how long it's been since you've done that? I went, you're right, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not an idiot anymore. And, you know, seriously, I, did, I kid you not, that's what happened in that moment. God reminded me. He said, praise me for how long it's been. Don't, don't get down because it happened. Praise me because I have sustained you and helped you to have a proper understanding of who you are. It flows from a changed heart. Through praise, gratitude takes root. From a changed heart, gratitude takes off. It flows. It flows through you and out of you. This is when you're standing in line and you're not getting an angry face because the person in front of you decided to write a check. I don't even know if that happens anymore. But, or, you know, whatever. You know, there's a lot of things. I, there was a guy, you know what bugs me when I drive on 309? When people are behind me and then suddenly like act like I was driving like, you know, whatever, 90-year-old Rusty, and, I, I, and dr- I don't even know what I'm trying to say, driving slow and is and fly around me. I'm like, punch the gas and go, I'll get you. And, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. But for a split second in that moment, I'm like, and, right? But I need gratitude to flow through me. So it takes root through praise. It takes off from a changed heart. When we begin to praise him, he'll change us. Because praise requires surrender. It's continuing in Psalm 103, 3 through 5. It says, he forgives all my sins. Amen. We read over that stuff like we just got a birthday present like a gift card in the mail. He forgives all my sins. Now you tell me any God you can serve anywhere, anytime, whoever made the claim they could forgive all your sins. None of them, because only one can back it up. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. He keeps me from the grave and he blesses me with love and mercy. He fills my life with good things. Not material things, not, you know, I mean, hey, all that's fine. He fills my life with good things so that I stay young and strong like a what? I'm sorry, like a what? So one time I'm going to say it in my sermon today, strong like a what? All right, and I do remember we sang a song today, Burn, I'm so sorry, about defeating giants. I'm just going to say, Kathleen, hold them down, hold them down. Bert wore green today. Oh, Bert, praise the Lord. (laughs) He fills my life with good things so that I stay young and strong like an eagle. 
He fills me with vibrancy. Maybe I might have a bad back, but I don't have a bad heart. I don't have a bad mind. I don't have bad intentions. I don't have ill will. I don't have hatred in me. I don't walk with that. Why? Because he fills me with good things. I don't, I don't want to go jump off a cliff whenever something goes really wrong. Why? Because he's filled me with good things. Folks, we way too often don't see what God has done. We just don't see it. I don't know what it is, but we don't see it. Is it possible you are viewing your life through the lens of other people? I think sometimes too often we look at our own status through other people's status. We, we want to do a pulse on ourselves. We want to check our own status through what the status of another person is. We are quick to see our plight in the context of other people's right. And I didn't make that rhyme on purpose. We are quick. We are prone. We, are, we have a tendency. We are tempted to see our plight in the context of other people's right. And sometimes if we will just look at it in the right context, God will say, there's no plight there at all. You just think it was because you were looking at it in the context of somebody else's life. And the problem with that is, is that when we want to look at our lives through somebody else's lens, nothing is in focus. Have you ever put glasses on that didn't belong to you? I ordered some prescription sunglasses recently, and they showed up without the prescription. And I went to put them on in the bathroom and see how they looked. And I was like, I can't see anything. These are awful. And I went, they didn't put the prescription in there. When I was a kid, I used to like to put on like other people's glasses because I just was like, why see better? I just figured if they had glasses, maybe I should have some. They make you see better. And then I realized that I, I can't have no focus by looking at things through their lens. But we spend a lot of time looking at people. And here's the thing. The ways of this world... The things that are destroying us in this world allow us to see it in a way that looks clear. You see, being out of focus doesn't mean that we're confused. If every time you put on TikTok and Instagram, it made you confused, you would never do it. But you can look at another person's life and how amazing things are through through a screen that makes it all look amazing. When in reality, it's completely out of focus. I'm just going to tell you, I've seen some people who take selfies of themselves and post it. I've seen them in some circumstances. They didn't know I saw them. They weren't taking selfies of that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, why don't you share that on Instagram story? Come on. We can't look at somebody else's right, the context of their right, and suddenly go, well, that must mean this is my plight. If you're always viewing your life in that way, you will be out of focus. It comes down to beginning with praise, letting them change your heart so that gratitude can flow out of you and be a person who affects change. Number three, gratitude is the recognition of God's grace. I love this. Gratitude is the recognition of God's grace. It says in Psalm 103, 6 through 12, the Lord judges in favor of the oppressed, oh, thank God, and gives them their rights. Our rights come from God. There's truth right there in the word of God, okay? That's truth. You wanna know where your rights come from? They come from God. I'm not referring to any constitutional document to make that point, by the way. It's right in the word of God. He revealed his plans to Moses and let the people of Israel see his mighty deeds. The Lord is merciful and loving, slow to become angry and full of constant love. 
He does not keep on rebuking. He is not angry forever. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? He does not punish us as we deserve to, re, to deserve or repay us according to our sins and wrongs. As high as the sky is above the earth, so great is his love for those who honor him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins from us. Gratitude is the recognition of God's grace. He did all of that. And you know, oftentimes we don't want to come to him because we say, well, he doesn't want me around. Like, I have so much wrong with me. Yeah, we just read about one who, who uh, gives favor to the oppressed. He doesn't judge, you know, in a way that's condemning. He's merciful. He's loving. He does, he does everything that is good. The word of God just said it. But for some reason, when you go before him, your wrong is too wrong for his right. That's just not who God is. We need to recognize his grace. I find, honestly, as is not a condemning thing, that way too many Christ followers are afraid to acknowledge their blessings. Have you ever seen that? Man, uh, you know, I just, you have, a, you have a really nice house. Yeah, well, you know, and they, they want to down it, right? How about this? I do this one. I will say, I have never had an, an accident driving ever in my life. I'm 46 years old. Got my license a month after I turned 16. Yeah, young people, they used to let us do whatever we wanted back then. <laughs> Thank God they don't anymore. Never had an accident. I've never had an insurance claim. And I've had some people say to me when I say that, oh, don't say that. What, do we believe in karma? We believe, we believe in curses that if we give thanks to God for how he's blessed us, that somehow that's going to invite wrong? It's going to invite destruction? No, folks. Too often we've been convinced that we serve two worlds. No, we live in the kingdom of God where you don't worry about it. You may, I may get an accident. That may happen. It doesn't change the greatness of God. It doesn't change the mercy of God. If I get an accident and die and go to heaven, praise the Lord. Now, I don't want to. I enjoy being here with my family right now, but we need to give praise to him. Hassan Reddick, somebody asked him. He plays for the Eagles. You might have heard of him. Um, uh, Brock Purdy has. But, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> somebody asked him, they said, do you do anything special, you know, that's super, like superstitious? He goes, no, I don't believe in any of that. I believe in God. I'm like, yeah, Hassan Reddick. Awesome. Do you believe in karma? Are you knocking on wood? Stop knocking on wood. Stop it. Laugh at the wood. Laugh at anybody that tells you you should knock on wood. Oh, you better watch it. No, I've been listening to Eagles fans for two weeks go, I don't think we should be getting too confident. It doesn't matter what you do. As if the entire city is in control of what's going to happen in this game. Too many people believe that if they t draw attention to the good things, they will invite bad things. And you know what? The, 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 the deception of the enemy is to get you to be afraid of something that's good for you. That's what's, I tell you, folks, that's what we need to be really discerning about. You need to walk with Jesus because we live in days in which we will be told that something's good for us and others will walk in and say, no, 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 you better watch it. That's bad for you. Anything that comes from this source or that source is bad for you. You better know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you because the deception of the enemy would be to get you to be afraid of something that's good for you. 
It's not that simple. We live in the kingdom of God and he will give us discernment. And so we need to be careful to to honor him and praise him. The, The next point is gratitude is the fruit. And this is the last point. Gratitude is the fruit of a generous heart that honors God. Gratitude is about generosity. If you don't give gratitude, you're stingy. I, I used to wait tables, and so honestly, you could, you could do anything short of coming over and spitting on my food at a restaurant, and you're going to get 20%. Because that's, I just, they don't make anything hourly. They just don't. Just freebie for all of you that like to go out to eat a lot. They're not getting a big hourly wage when they, when they wait tables. They tip well. And then leave something about Jesus. Leave the invitation for the series, but with a good tip. A great tip. Make them think you're something wrong with you. That person's crazy. You better believe I'm crazy. Pay well. You hire girls in the church to do babysitting, pay them well. Bless them. Bless them. Be be a, a grateful person. Psalm 103, 13 says, as a father is kind to his children, so the Lord is kind to those who honor him. He's kind to us. And in honor, in that life of honor, you see, if you don't live in that, if you don't want to participate in that, then you're not going to know the kindness of God. Why? Because you're not even conscious of him. Whatever we give honor to, we're very conscious of. I mean, I remember when the, when the Phillies were really good back in 1993. I used to sit in my dad's car because we didn't have Prism. How many of you remember Prism? Yeah, that's right, Prism. We had like three channels on cable. It was basic of basic. But I would go out in my dad's car and turn the car in for a while, turn it off, turn it on, so I could listen to the Phillies game in 1993. I knew how every batter hit with runners in scoring position. I knew every stat. I knew everything about that team. What was I doing? I was honoring that team and what they were doing that year. And guess what? I was very aware of everything that they did well and whenever they didn't do well and all of that. When we, we, we are aware of what we honor. Honor can go in a lot of directions. We are aware of what we honor, what we put in a high position in our life. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks, always giving thanks. Generosity, be generous. Don't be stingy with honor. Don't be stingy with gratitude towards God. Look for things to give thanks to him for. Just anything, it doesn't matter. Thank you. I was walking out to our car the other day and and literally my attention became, Lord, thank you that I have a car. That I get to drive this thing and not walk for the next hour and a half. Really, I did, I did. I don't know, you might say, man, you're living in the clouds. Then that's, you should come join me, it's awesome. There's always things to give thanks for. It's our decision to be filled with faith and honor. My son said something to me recently. He said, dad, everywhere you look, you can have faith. 10 year old boy. Everywhere you look, you can have faith. You can be watching the television and watching a story that makes you spitting mad and you can have faith and you can have gratitude and you can have peace. You can be sitting in line late for something and Chick-fil-A's everything just broke down and you can't have your fries, you can't have your chicken, you can't have anything you want and you can't get out of the drive-thru. (sighs) 
but you can have gratitude. You can have peace. You can have joy. You never know. You never know what God is preserving. You never know what you missed. You never just trust him, love him. Yeah, I agree with my son. It's amazing how kids will say the most profound things. You can have faith everywhere you look. You can have faith everywhere you look. You can have faith no matter what report you get. You can have faith this morning. Listen, guys, no matter what happens today with any game, you can, you can do it with Joy, you can do it with peace. You can go to bed tonight a completely content person. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. No matter where you look, you can have faith. The the team can come up, but there's a but to that. Have you surrendered your heart to him? Because if you haven't surrendered your heart to him, you're going to be looking and looking and looking and looking and looking for, for joy and peace and contentment in all kinds of places, and you'll never find it. You'll never find it. We just got done reading about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, the majesty of God. That's the source. This is it right here, right here. And I believe that you could be somebody who will walk out here today and says, okay, the beginning, the, the, the root of gratitude is praise. Would you all close your, your eyes for a second? I just, if you're here this morning and you want to pray to receive Christ, you want to pray to have faith in him, you want to be somebody who gives gratitude to God, not because you're in fear, not because you, you know, you, oh, I have to, or I'm worried and I better do it, but because he is who he is and you believe it. Maybe you didn't believe it before, but you believe it now. It tells us in the Bible that Jesus gave his life. It says that he gave his life so that you could have life. He died on a cross. It says everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one person, no, not one can measure up to the standard that's required to know Jesus and to walk with Jesus in your heart. That instead of walking into a place that you would call a temple and a place of worship, but that your heart, your soul would become a temple. Your heart would become a temple of the Holy Spirit that you could walk in in his spirit and worship him at all times. You don't have to go to a place. You don't have to hear from me. You don't have to have somebody pray over you. You don't have to read, you know, uh, some special blog or article. You can simply believe what the word says when it says in John 3, 16, that that God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus, his one and only son Jesus, to die on the cross and that whoever will believe in him, whoever would believe and, and give their life to him, won't perish but it'll have everlasting life. Do you know that that everlasting life is not just a promise for eternity in heaven, but it's a promise for the kingdom of God, which is alive right now? You can have everlasting life right now if you will just surrender your heart to him. And there's no special script. There's no special prayer. There is nothing that I'm gonna say to you this morning that's going to you know, be a magic word. We don't believe in magic of anything. There is, there is nothing like that. It's a matter of the heart. It's simply a matter of the heart. Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to receive Jesus? Do you want to walk in peace? Do you want to walk in freedom? Do you want to walk in, in goodness? Do you want to walk with the promise of knowing that I have everlasting life with him? I will never die, but I will always live because he's the one who gives eternal life. If you want that promise, you can pray this prayer right there in your heart. 
just something like this. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I surrender my life to you. I know Jesus, and I believe that what your word says, that you are the only way, that there is no other way to eternal life. There is no other way to everlasting life. There is no other way to peace. There is no other way to joy. There is no other way to be free from the bondage of of the desire to be wealthy, the desire to, to, to compete with the top of anything in this world, only the desire to bow before you, the one who deserves all the glory. Would you come into my life and would you cleanse me from all unrighteousness? I believe you will and I give you my heart. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would love to talk to you if you'd be willing to come talk to me, but you could also stop out uh, just to the left as you leave. Uh, Somebody out there can help you. We would love to get your name. We would love to connect with you and help you take the right steps in your walk with Jesus.